Hello everyone, Frank and Darren back again, and this time we're going to be looking at Rob Zombie's Halloween, reshaping Rob Zombie's Halloween in particular. So let's talk about, let's see what the shoulda, coulda, woulda of this uh, movie would have been like with some tidbits, uh, some behind the scenes um, information that we found out, and also maybe some scenes that we could have reimagined that should have happened that would have made this movie maybe just a little bit better for those who didn't like it. So let's talk about it. Darren, this this movie has some fans the way it is. You know, we're not knocking that. We just think there's some things that could be twisted. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's um it went through a lot of stages, didn't it? I mean, mm. it was initially announced in 2006 that uh in June of 2006 that Rob Zombie was going to not remake Halloween, but re-envision Halloween. Um, and so the original plan that Rob Zombie had was to shoot two movies back to back, one movie being a prequel and one being Michael's return to Haddonfield to hunt down Laurie Strode. But obviously it was knocked back by uh, Miramax and the Weinsteins. And so he ended up just making the one film and kind of condensing everything into the one movie. And that's why the damn thing's so long, I think. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Two hours, is it? Or, well, the director's cut certainly around about two hours, isn't it? But the the theatrical version's a good one hour, 45, 50 minutes or so. Yeah, the sexual assault, assault is about 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't too good, was it? <laughs> no, Jesus. <laughs> That's about it we have, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thanks very much. Good night. <laughs> well, no, I mean, there are some things that are brought to our attention in the book Taken Shape, mm. which... You know, there's there's even one part I, uh, you were telling me, and uh, from what I read also, that Laurie was uh, Michael was supposed to kill a little girl. Yeah, I like think that was in, in the original treatment that he'd done, um, and he handed it into the to the execs, and it's the moment where Michael's running away from um, the the classroom where uh, Deborah and and uh, Doctor Loomis are chatting with the with the guy from the school, with the teacher, and they're saying, look, you know, he's he's not well. He's We've found these pictures and um, the, the incident with the dead cat and all that kind of stuff. And you see Michael running down the corridor to the, to the, to the Halloween music. At that point in the actual film, he goes and he, he encounters those bullies who are, who are kind of mocking him because of his mom being a stripper. Mm-hmm. And... And what happens subsequently then is he kills one of the guys. He hits him with a branch, doesn't he, and, and bludgeons yeah. him to death. In the original treatment, um, M- Michael lures a nine-year-old girl into the woods, um, beats her to death, mm. and then y- urinates on her corpse. And you can imagine the, <laughs> the reaction to that when he was suggesting that he was going to do it. So... It's that idea was obviously kiboshed straight away, and uh, he then went on to kind of complete his his treatment without that scene in there. It, it, it it's even weirder than that, and the treatments also. Michael talks more. That's worse. he does. He does after <laughs> um it, after while he's in while he's incarcerated and the, with the conversations that he's having with with Loomis and that he's referring to his sister as Boo. 
Mm-hmm. And he, ha- he actually wears a mask with the words boo written on it. Now, I don't know whether it's kind of boo as in he's trying to shock someone or or boo just like a a pet name for his little sister as in hey boo that sort of thing or the hospital um, food he's a critic <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah yeah um but when he breaks out obviously there was that you know there's two there's there's a few versions of how he breaks out there's the the theatrical version when he breaks the chains and kills the guards and gets out there's the director's cut version where he um there's the, the horrible rape sequence and he kills the guys who did the rape and then kills Ishmael, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the script version, he escapes and he goes to a trailer park where his mom's living. And she sat there with, and she's, it's like she's waiting for him with a loaded shotgun and, and explains to Michael that he'll never find his sister. And Michael holds up a picture and says the words boo under his breath as he kind of hands it to his mum. Again, she explains that you're never going to find her, and then ultimately she just blows her brains out in front of him with a shotgun. <laughs> they kept that in, but they let, they gave her a smaller gun. Yeah, yeah. theatrical gun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, and then the rest of the movie kind of plays out like Carpenter's 78 yeah. version with yeah. kind of Michael stalking and, and, and killing her friends and their boyfriends. But there was also supposed to be a cameo of a character from House of a Thousand Corpses, which I'm not quite sure how that all fits into this. It's a scene where Tommy and Laurie later on in the movie are watching the TV. And as you had the the kind of horror films in the original 78 version being introduced, um, a bit like kind of Fright Night, if you like. Yeah. Um, yeah, th- this was introduced by um, Dr. Wolfenstein, who has a, a, a part in um, House of a Thousand Corpses. So I'm kind of glad that those Rob Zombie movies didn't bleed into this. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that would have worked. But, um, yeah, it's like, you know, we've had a few people say, and in particular one one of our Patreons said to us, if you take Halloween away from this, it's actually not a bad Rob Zombie movie. Um, but the Halloween IP and characters and Michael Myers just kind of cloud all of this. And mm-hmm. people's judgment is looking at it as a Halloween film and not a Rob Zombie film. And unfortunately they don't favor it too well. No. Um, my idea would have been, if you think about this, I, w- I wouldn't change the cast, hmm. leave the cast, but I change Ronnie white. Hmm. I would make Ronnie, uh, actually his father and make, oh. uh, Sherry, his father. And it's a nice house, hmm. nice house. You know, he's spiffed up. Uh, the, the house is immaculate. Um, Judith is there. She's not a floozy uh, <laughs> or an abusive big sister. Um, but Lori's not there. Lori is not in the picture, and she's not related in any way to Michael. Hmm. Get rid of that brother-sister arc. Yeah, um, yeah. Which some people do have a problem with when you get rid of it. Others don't care. Then others kind of think, you know, you have to leave it. Um, I'm not, so let's just I, I, get quite, I don't mind it personally. I don't and, mind it. Um, but you know, we don't have to know about it ever again, do we? We knew no, about it no. once in part two, and then you could have just left it. Yeah, people. Know I don't. It. I don't mind it. I don't mind the way it fits into Halloween too. But in this, and what they wanted to do in the treatment, which was kind of humanize him too much, the whole mm-hmm. boo thing and having Michael talking. And incidentally, I forgot to mention, he actually removes his mask at that point as well when he goes to see his mum. 
and and is saying, "Can you imagine with his hair and a boo boo walking around what with her doll?" Yeah, <laughs> would that be That's, fucked up if he's not, burping it? Yeah, it's it's not the Michael that I want to see at all. It really no. isn't. It's no. just fucking it, lumbering softy. Yeah, yeah. Oh shucks. No, mom shot herself. Oh well. No wonder there's any beans in here. <laughs> Making himself dinner. Um, so I picture, and Michael's talking at this point. You know, mm. they're saying, you know, hello, what are you, um, hey, Michael, what are you going to do up for trick or treating? Where are you going as? And they, they, he brings out his outfit. It's a clown. Now he's six years old. I would make him a little bit older. Who cares? I don't know how old he's supposed to be in the Rob Zombie film. I think he's supposed to be at least 12, I think. Um, so it doesn't matter his age uh, because they don't really pointed out in this movie uh not like in the 78 version where loomis says i'm a six-year-old boy you know yeah, that's that yeah. was that was freaky they don't mention it this time um so he goes out trick-or-treating with a bunch of friends um uh, parents stay home and judith is staying home with her boyfriend they're gonna watch horror movies and i put a little easter egg in here the parent that she that michael is going with is charlie bowles's wife and the kids okay I'll put that in there. Oh, thank you for taking them, you know, Mrs. Bowles. And they all go run out, and the day and the night happens. Well, we see Michael from a distance down the street walk back slowly, and he has blood all over his hands. Mm. We don't know why. Yeah. He just keeps walking, but we don't see his face at all, ever. It's just, you know, either from mouth, or you can see his eyes up, um, or you don't even have to see his eyes. By the time he gets home, everybody's asleep, and he murders his entire family. Murders him. Murders the murders his mother. Murders his dad. Murders his sister. And so this happens. Bracket comes by. And, and do we see all this up. on camera? Would sure. you have that? It's a Rob Zombie camera? film. Okay, <laughs> to see all of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I think it, I think it would be more shocking. I'm up until that point that people see that Michael was a normal little kid. And between him going out trick-or-treating, and by the time he gets back to his house, we have no idea what happened. Okay. What turned. And I'm him killing his Him killing his whole family, even in the first point of view again, um, I think that would be a better way to start it. Instead of having, you know, William Forsythe, you know, saying skull fucking <laughs> all that other crap. Because <laughs> uh, this, this would start out with him coming from a normal, loving family. Mm. And we just don't know what, why he turned. Which is what happened in the original. You know, mm -hmm. we've no idea why Michael did what he did. He just did it. Yep. And I think seeing him being normal and then going to what we know him as being a serial killer is actually terrifying. <clears throat> Maybe he saw Charlie kill his family. Maybe. That could you have know? been. That's an interesting idea. Whatever um, he did with that hacksaw, maybe Michael witnessed it. <laughs> He's just like, <laughs> okay. And he just walks away. You know, it could have been. Could you imagine if Charlie Bowles started Michael, Michael's rampage at that age? <laughs> he just witnessed it. Michael, go get me a hacksaw, will you? <laughs> See, I like that. That's kind of an Easter egg, but with a twist, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of, you know, sort of slowly letting that, that story kind of seep into this one. Um, without fully knowing what, you know, we don't see it on camera, but we do find out that something has happened and Michael's witnessed it. And that's possibly what's, you know, been the catalyst for him 
doing what he does. Yep, or it was just a switch. Mm. On this particular night, something happened. Yeah. Where he was just like, he's like, oh, tricker. And that's it. Yeah. Done. Like, yeah. We have no idea. Mm. Um, but then we get to Smith's Grove. Like, he's locked up. You know, a Bracket arrests him. He sees him. He's doing his patrols. You know, and then it folds out again. You know, Malcolm McDowell's there as Loomis, but he's more of a, a, a caring Loomis. He's not one of those, uh, where's my PG tips, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> and he certainly doesn't look like he just got out of uh, the Manson family. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the way he, he gets introduced to Michael is that um, Clinton Howard's in there as mm. uh, one of, uh, I guess he's he's one of the guys in charge of Smith's Grove in the original zombie uh, movie. Yeah, um, he says we have a new patient for you, and his name's Michael Myers. And he's like, oh, okay. And he just gives him a little background. He's like, yeah, he's a, ch- a child that killed his whole entire family. Um, and the way he's introduced is that I guess we're going to have a um, a shot where Mike he enters, and we see Michael at the end of a long table, out of focus. We really can't see his face. Hmm. We can't see his. Uh, we can't see his eyes. A bit like uh, how Putin sits. With all his, um, <laughs> with like all the his, Batman uh, table, right? Remember, Michael Keaton says, um, "You want salt?" He yeah, yeah. The salt presses the button. <laughs> he goes, "I don't think I've ever been in this room." Um, yeah, so that's and he tries to talk to Michael. Michael's not saying anything, uh, and we see a couple of those ses- uh, different uh, therapy sessions that he's having. Yeah, one yeah. where the only time Michael ever changes his. Uh, his appearance or the way he sits is either he's looking at the window, sitting up in bed, staring at or staring at the wall or just laying down, looking up at the ceiling. Hmm. And Loomis is always there talking to him. And then we get to one point where I said this before, and I think I like it a little bit, is that he's introducing shock therapy to Michael, <laughs> which I think is almost illegal. It's talked about, isn't it? It's talked yeah. about on the in the film, but never actually, we never see it at all. Yeah. I mean, and the way he shocks them, of course, there's other people there as orderlies and nurses. It's it's almost like um, using Ghost a defibrillator. <laughs> <laughs> it's a star, Michael. Can you see the star? <laughs> it's a pumpkin. Um, the way he shocks them is like somebody using a defibrillator, a defibrillator mm-hmm. on somebody who's unconscious. He just yeah. gets the pump of energy. He doesn't even make emotion anymore. And And that's it. And then it cuts to him, you know, getting older. And the way he breaks out, I like the way he breaks out. I would keep that. Um, what, the theatrical version? Yeah, the theatrical version. Yeah. You know, would you, Would you? Um, the Ishmael death. Um, um, Cut it. Yeah. Cut it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have that go. Because that, in the original, in the work print version, so there was a work print of Halloween, and which was dated May of 2007, leaked a week before its release. This doesn't include um, the reshoots that happened, which were a few of the kill sequences that were shot in June of 2007. So it was an early cut of the movie, and, and Rob Zombie's never been able to kind of pinpoint which cut it is. Because you, when you're piecing a movie together, you have so many different cuts. You'll complete a cut, view it, and then go back and start again and, and just, yeah. you know, mold it and... It. and Exactly. <laughs> well, I don't know if you toss it, but you work on what you've got. Um, and so this this work print dated May of two thousand and seven leaked. And in that um, uh, in that work print, when Michael escapes from Smith's Grove, he 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 he, get, he breaks out, but he doesn't kill Ishmael. I think he lets Ishmael live. 
mm-hmm. um, and who's played by Danny Trio. Yep. Um, and as it also includes a scene of Michael walking out of Smith's Grove onto the grassy area outside and pausing and looking back as he sort of escapes into the night. But I thought it was really interesting that he let that character live, who's probably the most decent soul in this film. You know, given we've said before that there's so many kind of obnoxious and and, uh, kind of hated characters in this movie. Pieces of shit. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's a piece of shit in this film. Even the the kind, even, you know, people like Laurie and Linda and the ones that you really like from the original films are all kind of flawed in some way. Um, But yeah, Ishmael is the only one that kind of has, has any sense of being able to sympathize with with Michael because he's been inside himself and he's telling him to kind of, you know, create your own world in your head and, 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 and live, live that way until one day you'll be out of here. And the bars aren't um, there. Yeah. Until the bars aren't there. And it, and it was, it was, it was difficult to, to digest that he did actually kill him, especially mm-hmm. when he's pleading for his life. Like he is. Um, yeah, exactly. But in the work print, like I said, I think he lets him, um, he lets him go. And I, I wonder whether the Ishmael kill was one of the reshoots, given that he doesn't die in the work print. So, yeah, that that was I found that quite interesting. Maybe because they said, either though you're nice to Michael, even as a kid, he doesn't give a shit. Mm. You're in his way, and he yeah. has an objective. Yeah. Um, so let's say he doesn't kill Ishmael. We'll keep that. Or he wasn't even in there. Michael gets out of Smith's Grove, just walks walks around the streets because it's what uh probably the 30th of october around 2 a.m or something like that nobody's there nobody's in the street he goes to that hardware store and he busts it basically just breaks the door down um but you know the guy who owns the shop is still in there cleaning up or you know getting ready for you know counting his money and michael just looks around the store grabs his mask that he sees grabs the knife and then uh, the guy tries to stop him, and he kills him. So I'm guessing that the mask doesn't come into it before this point. So in, in the initial stages, when he kills his family, is he wearing any mask, or is he just is he doing it with uh, as Michael? As Michael, hmm. as Michael. This mask is coming in later. Yeah. Um, and then um, it just unfolds from there. The same way it would set up with Rob Zombie's kill. Uh, but everything is, you know, I get rid of, you know, Grizzly Joe, you know, which is which, <laughs> it's an shit. okay scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get rid of him uh, a little bit. Uh, but everything Michael needs is cover, his, his overalls, the knife, the rope, the mask is all at the hardware store. Yeah. Everything's there. Um, Lori, Annie, and Linda, uh, the reason why he's attracted to them is because they do go to the Myers house. Uh, they stop in front of it. And Linda's like, maybe that'd be a good place to, like, you know, make out and have sex. And uh, <laughs> Lori's just like, oh, it's so disgusting. I would make Lori a very goody two-shoes again. Mm. I wouldn't make her the way she was. I wouldn't make uh, her kind of like this flirty, you know, kind of meek, but trying to bust out of her shell person. I would make her like Lori Strode that we know in 78. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Annie's the same way um, that she would be in 78. Um but then, you know, Michael sees them looking at the house. You can't, you can't, they can't see Michael, of course. And uh, all of a sudden, Annie just, just picks up a rock and throws it through a window. And just says, ah, it's a piece of shit. And that's how <laughs> Michael gets attracted to yeah, those three. Yeah, 
So I, I take it that you're 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 bringing Mystique back to Michael. You're oh yeah. You're, um, because one of the things that that Rob Zombie said when when he was challenged about um, uh, giving Michael a kind of an identity and 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 making you almost sympathise um, with him in, in parts of the movie was that he said that there was no Mystique left with Michael after all the films that that they'd done. He was just a stunt guy uh, getting beat up by Buster Rhymes. <laughs> it's true. It is true. I know what he means. I know what he means. But he said he felt like giving him a backstory and presenting him, presenting him in a new way was, was much more of a legitimate approach. Now, I don't know whether that's true or not. I think that you you can keep the mystique there, but do it well. You know, all these movies that he's referencing were poorly made. The likes yeah. of Halloween 5, 6, 8, 7 even, you know, um, uh, H2O. Um, really, you know, not particularly well-made Halloween movies. And that's why it, it they kind of cheapened and, and diluted the character of Michael Myers by giving him um, a background and a kind of, an almost like a purpose um, whereas I think that having Michael as somebody who has no purpose other than to just kind of kill um, is is much more, I guess, terrifying than mm-hmm. worrying about this kid and uh, this this character and his emotions and his backstory as a kid and trying to sympathize with the guy. I just don't think it works. Yeah, I mean, I, we wouldn't even I wouldn't even show that him sitting in his house. No, doing anything, you know, because in the in the zombie version, he's going through. Uh, he left the mask in the in the floorboards, hmm. and he's looking around and he's going around uh, looking at his house. I wouldn't even do that. I wouldn't even show that. Yeah, um, yeah. And he, like you said, Mystique has to come back to this character. Yeah, yeah. And it kind so, of it sort of worries me with what they are planning to do with Halloween Ends, which. I, I get the impression that we're going to learn a little bit more about Michael, and especially given there's four years where he's not been around. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- where has he been and and what how has he lived and how is he and, and how did he recover from the events of Halloween Kills? Mm-hmm. I fear that we're going to find all of that out, and I'm not sure that I want to know. I just want him to be living in the shadows, not in the sewer, not in some house somewhere, not in a cave with Tukey the bird. Just, he just exists. Starbucks um, job. Yeah. <laughs> what was it everybody says? A Walmart greeter? Yeah. No. <laughs> we don't need it. We don't need it. Um, just, he lives in the shadows. That's it. Yes. He's the boogeyman. He, he lives mm. everywhere. Yeah. In yeah. the dark. Um, I would also, the way Loomis is introduced to what Michael has done is that the whole the whole hospital is destroyed. Everybody's mm. been killed off screen and on screen. Yeah, Loomis walks in. Yeah, except for Ishmael, who's probably not <laughs> even there. He, he's there sleeping in the, in the, in the stock closet, <laughs> hold up to his mop and like kissing it. <laughs> uh, so Loomis goes in, buzzes in, walks in, and then down the hallway he sees the carnage. He mm. doesn't even check for survivors. He goes right to Michael's room. See, Michael is gone. And he goes, oh, no. And he just leaves. <laughs> and he's on the phone 
you know, calling everybody he can say. He's like, you know, he's out. He's escaped. He's not Michael this guy. Michael Myers has gone. Yeah. <laughs> G-O-N-E, gone. He has <laughs> fled. <laughs> Flew south for the winter. <laughs> Are you hearing me? I can't even do it today. Um, <laughs> uh, and that's what he's. That's, I mean, because they have cell phones in this in this movie. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's the. And now he's still a concerned doctor. He hasn't retired. He hasn't written a best-selling book, and he hasn't promoted himself around the country. He's a concerned doctor, and he knows exactly where he's going. And that's how he's telling everybody over the phone. I know where he's going. He's going to Hangfield. Mm. And he calls the sheriff, and he says, "I'm coming." You know, my name's Loomis. You have a serial killer on your loose, and they still dismiss him off like they really do in the other uh, movies. Um, and then um, Michael goes about killing people. You know, we, same way. That was I didn't think I have a problem with Rob Zombie how he dispatches Linda or tries to dispatch Annie, except for her that pumpkin on her boyfriend's head. That was kind of weird. <laughs> and he's playing with him. You know, just that was weird. Um, but we'll get to that. We'll get to the end. But there's some other things that were going on that were crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, so the, so. With the, I mean, there was there was a lot more of of a subplot with with Clint Howard in the um, in the work print version. Um, again, date, dated May two thousand and seven, so a whole kind of what three months before the movie mm-hmm. was released, which is you know in an editing process is a long long time. So there was a subplot of Clint Howard's character wanting Michael to be released because he found that he was no longer a threat. So I guess that. I, well, how long would you have been in, in, incarcerated? To what, 10 years, I think it was, wasn't it? 10 to 15, somewhere yeah, around Yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. And also, I mean, other characters that were a bit more fleshed out were, were Linda as well. Now, Linda was, we said when we talked about her a few weeks ago, was that she was kind of a bit sort of, of a super bitch. She was, mm-hmm. she was pretty awful in this film. She wasn't the sort of uh, carefree girl that she was in the in the 1978 version this one this girl had an attitude and what they did was they actually toned her down for the theatrical release because in the work print ver- version she came off as promiscuous darren in this movie promiscuous yeah but she kind of does a little bit in the in the 78 version doesn't she she's the one that gets laid on screen <laughs> um but but she 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 there's actually a scene in the work print where she where she threatens two girls who she believes are laughing at her and it's kind of a random occurrence she she actually um steals one of the girls books and takes one of the girls drinks and and pours it over her head and you know she's kind of effing and jeffing at them and 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 uh, they they removed it to tone down that you know that aggression that a character seems to have all that edge that kind of bitchiness that comes out with her um, so that I mean, I haven't seen this work print version. I'm just kind of just doing a little research as to what you know what what was seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found it interesting that that he he created Linda initially. Well, and what you see in the theatrical version is such a kind of hard character like that, somebody quite dislikable. Whereas in the '78 version, we. We cared about her. Rob Zombie seems to create characters that you don't really particularly like and care for. And so when they get killed... Or introduced to mother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This um, is my girlfriend, Linda. Yeah. <laughs> so Son. when they get killed... When... <laughs> yeah. 
this is this raging super bitch here that I'm bringing yeah. home to me. Um, when they get killed, you just don't give a shit. That's the problem. Um, I cared about Linda's kill, telling you the truth. Oh, really? Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But you know, in the work print, there were other things as well which we didn't get to see in the in the theatrical or the director's cut version. Bob was killed in a in a completely different way. Um, he was stabbed in his van and and not against not pinned to the wall in the in the house like he is in the seventy eight version and the theatrical cut of this. Um, he goes out to the van to get a beer and Michael just kind of pounces on him and and stabs him to death. I think the theatrical cut version is more effective, although it's a kind of a sort of poor reenactment of the version we got in 1978. Mm-hmm. Um, the final chase is a lot shorter as well. I think there must have been a lot of reshoots that were incorporated into the, the sort of final chase scene. It kind of climaxes at the scene where um, Loomis and Laurie are in the car. And you remember when Michael smashes his hand through the car window and drags Laurie out? Yeah, what um, the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Michael, Michael. Um, he, he, dra- <laughs> <Yeah. Shit. laughs> he drags her out of the car, and there's this kind of standoff. They don't go in the house. There's none of that. Um, they don't go in the house, and uh, Michael has Laurie at knife point outside the house, and this is. What I thought was quite interesting, I have seen this sequence, and I think you say to me it's a it's a deleted scene on the DVD. Um, Loomis is kind of pleading with with Michael and saying, "Look, this isn't her fault. This is my fault. I failed you." Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of liked that because it sort of gives, you know, Loomis is a kind of a bastard in these films because he's profited from other people's misery. But in this scene, you kind of see a, you, you sort of see a more softer side to him mm-hmm. uh, when he's kind of negotiating with Michael to let Laurie go and saying, "Look, this isn't her fault. This is my fault. It's my fault that I failed you and that this has happened." Um, and eventually, Michael lets her go, drops the knife, and he just kind of—I think the script version I read—he um, was going to lunge at Loomis and go for Loomis. Um, but in this, he kind of just takes one step forward and all of Brackett's police force just gun him down. They must pump 30 or 40 bullets into him. <laughs> I actually like this sequence. I actually really... And he just kind of drops to the ground and that's it. And the closing shot is is the is a shot from above with the camera panning away and the voice of Loomis in like a therapy session... Um, talking to Michael as it kind of fades away. And then but they hug. I, <laughs> he's cradling him as he dies. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 did, I didn't... I thought it was more grounded mm-hmm. and more, I guess, more akin to what we've seen in the past movies rather than this kind of fucking huge battle in the house that happens and i know in the in the i think in the treatment version what was going to happen was that michael was going to fall down the stair he gets shot down the staircase went through the staircase a bit like kane hodder did in new blood mm-hmm. um and then when they went to find him he was gone 
missing and that's how he vanished yeah um and that's how the film was originally going to end in the treatment but they obviously changed it well when you talk about this there's three or four different endings to this film Mm -hmm. um i actually personally think i like the one the standoff outside the house rather than the laurie chasing um michael on the balcony and going through the balcony and landing on the floor and her shooting him point blank um this to me feels a bit more kind of a bit more real i wouldn't have the ending at the myers house whoever knew that the myers house had a pool (laughs) an olympic (laughs) swimming pool oh yeah because she didn't she slide into it at one point yeah yeah yeah, that's where luma shoots him in the back of the shoulder yes yeah and yeah yeah, i wouldn't do that the the final the finale should not take place at the myers house i think he's Hmm. trying to stop people from even going into that place that's as he said this house is sacred to him he has all of his memories here as as in part six as loomis stated uh he wouldn't bring anybody back there that's his place Hmm. um i think the way he i I think that he would need to kill annie uh daniel harris yeah and i would also think he would have to go after laurie in that house where Lori discovers Annie, not run across the street because he can't. We can't copy the format of seventy eight. No, and shot no. for shot. I don't. No. I don't want to do that. Um, no, I, I don't. And that was what that was interesting because it was criticized so heavily for for not following that format. Now, if you try and remake the movie shot for shot, pretty much you end up with something like Gus Van Sant's um, Psycho, oh. which everybody hated. So Rob Zombie was in the kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't mm-hmm. situation. We're not huge fans of this film at all. But I think it's interesting to look back at it and see what the problems were that he ran into. And and I think it was a brave choice to give it to Rob Zombie. And I think it was really brave of him to have a go at it. Um, because I don't think there was any way that he could have won. Um, it was it, It's just one of those movies that's kind of on a pedestal and whoever tries to have another go at it is always going to be criticized yeah agreed and unfortunately um i think because john carpenter has made this such a staple in horror where the music is everybody's ringtone in its own character that if you touch this is kind of sacrilege Mm. even shot for shot or even remake it and after it ends we know they're going to do it in another 10 15 years yeah um whether or not they're going to start from ends or or just do halloween returns and start a whole new story i think that if you start this movie again with a different michael as a little kid and go that route i think you're going to get ridiculed no matter what you know it's great yeah Uh, yeah because it just it in every poll i've seen on the internet and uh in print or even on the tv halloween becomes like the top three of horror movies of all time Mm. And that's a that's a that's a hard thing to follow. Yeah, yeah. And it's because of that opening. It's because of that music. It's because of of Samuel uh, Samuel Loomis, Doctor Loomis, Donald Pleasance. It's all of them, and it's the perfect in, perfect ingredient to this awesome horror movie that you and I cherish. Starting mm. from the beginning and doing it again, maybe adding some new fans is okay, but you have to do it right. And you know what? In my opinion, there's no right way to do it. There is totally agree. It's 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 one of those things that I I dare anybody to 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 um to have a go at this. Yeah, it's it's you could do a I think you could do a Freddy movie. I think you can. Hmm. Uh, Freddy's animated and well the one that we just 
passed in what 2009 new yeah. uh, the, the 2010 remake. i think yeah yeah, yeah. um that didn't work but again mm. that all comes down to script and director vision um jason you could you could do a jason movie no problem i think Same yeah thing with leatherface uh, but with michael it's difficult it's very difficult yeah um i tried to make it as the way i was talking and the way you were um pointing out what was going to happen something that would make it fresh but still keeping the essence of what halloween was <laughs> and is yeah um i think if you just put him in as a, just to do another horror movie with different characters i think everybody be okay with that yeah, no, I like your idea. I like your idea of Michael just flipping uh, and doing something bad, which is what he essentially did in the original, but this is a different take on it. Um, he does something slightly different, and we don't know why he's doing it. We don't need to know why he's doing it. Um, it's. I think it's best left the the mystique. Leave, leave Michael with some mystique. Um, we don't need to know why he's why these things are, are are essential to him no we don't need him we don't need seeing him taking a piss or a shit and <laughs> <laughs> on anyone for that matter <laughs> we don't need to see uh you know a uh a uh team america <laughs> no 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 with this film i don't think the series is a way to go a tv series as our friend dave mccray said it would be like a six-part series and it'd be done with it hmm um, it can't go on for like you know four years. You'd yeah. be like, they haven't yeah. caught Michael yet. Jesus <laughs> Christ, he, he's a out mini- there. I'd be up for a mini series. I would, kind of like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but know, we, we, maybe five I mean, or six. You know, that in the, the sort of size that um, Kenobi was, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Six forty-minute episodes or something. Yeah. I'd be down for that. Why not? I could see that too. You know, and I, I don't want to see Michael on the lamb longer than the people who broke out of Alcatraz. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh my god for like 80 years no you it's not something you could do a season two and three i mean you could do another story um as season two something completely different as we've said before and as i know dave said before what about the charlie bowles story mm-hmm. or you know a take on halloween three or anything we could, would do we could see loomis doing these different um sessions sessions with different people and at the end of every episode, he's sitting with little Michael Myers. Hmm. We could we could do something like that, but I mean, who like wants a to see a Alfred Hitchcock presents? Around? Yeah, yeah, something <laughs> with like Loomis. that. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> something like Good that. evening, yeah. Doctor Samuel Loomis. Oh, I'm doing the. Uh, this is the Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> yeah, Samuel Loomis here. Telling you stories from the files of John Carpenter. Is he in front of a fireplace? <laughs> he is, yeah. He's rocking away. <laughs> yeah. With with a, with a brandy. Yeah, exactly. Fireplace, brandy, and a nice kind of roll neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a pipe just sitting there on the table. <laughs> and then Tonight's just... story is all about a mad Irish toy creator. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Connell Cochran. What a funny name that is, isn't it? And enjoy the story of the Silver Shamrock. (laughs) Tonight's tale is about witches, pumpkins, and skeletons. (laughs) And exploding children. No, not Willy Wonka, you silly things. (laughs) We got another... uh... (laughs) 
We've got another episode on our hands, don't we? <laughs> Quentin Loomis and Fireside Chats with Dr. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight's tale is about promiscuity. <laughs> and the and the uh and, and the happenings of a broken rubber. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, we're crazy. We're crazy. <laughs> we're trying to keep this fresh. You know, we're 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 being we're being, you know, half-hearted, of course, but, you know, we're getting excited for ends to come out. So we're trying to make, we're trying to pump everybody up for Halloween. Because after a while, this is going to be it. We're not going to be yeah. able to talk about Halloween ever again. Yeah. Uh, ever. No one's going to be ever talking about it ever <laughs> on YouTube. Unless somebody makes a ranking for, you know, best Loomis stances. Yeah. For their God. Tom LaBelle's. Yo. <laughs> No, it's good. It's good, and and we had this idea about about doing some episodes on reshaping Halloween and and what we would have done differently. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna see how this goes, and and maybe do a few more episodes. Pick a few more films. Pick, maybe pick some films that never got made. That could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna continue. I think we've we've decided. We got fired up the other day when we had so many people tuning into our live stream and it's just kind of made us thought this is what people want to see at the moment so you know why not give them some more halloween so that's what we're going to do i think we're done aren't we that's it <laughs> <laughs> that's it ladies and gentlemen i hope you enjoyed this episode we're going to be bringing out more episodes we're still working on a jalloween episode the night he swam home <laughs> and that's copyrighted trademark in both our respective countries so no one can take that that would be fun. That would uh, be really fun. Darren, I got to talk to you about that after this. That's going <laughs> to be good. Um, and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, as always, stick to the roads. And the best of luck. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>